Oh, Hare Krishna. Um, welcome to the Sunday morning Bhagavatam class. Today is Valentine's Day, February 14th, uh, 2021. And I am in Riverside, California later today. Actually, very soon I'll be traveling to the Phoenix area on the way east. So uh, let us begin. Today we're going to begin with um, <clears throat> actually 1944, but I want to go back one verse to 1943 so you understand the context. After Abhisma spoke so many things, then in verse 1943, we have Sutta Uvacha. <clears throat> Remember in the last verse uh, before this, uh, Bhisma stopped everything he because he was leaving this world. So Sutuvacha Krishna Evam Bhagavati Manovagristi Vritti Bi Atmani Atmanamavesha Santaksha Suparamat. Actually, this is the first Suparamat, where Sutta said, thus uh fixing uh Uh, thus with his with his mind, his speech and his sight all the functions actually Britti be with the functions all the activities of mind speech and sight in Krishna thus in Lord Krishna the Lord Krishna <clears throat> and then fixing uh, the self in the self in other words, his own individual soul within the super soul Krishna. So he, antakshasa, breathing in. So antak means within. So breathing in, he, he just stopped everything. He's finished with the material world. So that was the previous verse. And now we'll go on here to uh, 1944, which is very interesting Sampadyamana Magyaya Bhishmam Brahmani Nishkale Sarve Bhuvusti Tushnim Vya Vayang Siva Vayang Siva Dinatye. So it's very interesting because, uh, as we know, our philosophy given by Lord Chaitanya is Beda Veda. And we often talk about the difference, how we're different from Krishna. But here we have a verse which also emphasizes our oneness with Krishna. And so we have Sanskrit words here which the impersonalist would interpret impersonally, as I'll show. However, the impersonal interpretation is reasonable only if you completely ignore the context. Hello to everybody. I'm seeing the notes coming in. Hare Krishna. So many friends out there. Um, so the context, of course, I've just given that Bhishma is completely absorbed in Krishna with all the functions of his mind, uh, and, uh, his mind and his, what was that verse? Just sort of blacked out there for a second. But, uh, Bhishma with all the functions of his mind, speech and sight mind, speech, and sight. So he's completely absorbed in Krishna. He fixes, he, he, 
he fixes his own soul in the supreme soul. So then this next verse says, this uh, 1944, So uh, the subject of this Sanskrit sentence is um, sarve, which means everyone. Uh, sarve babuvus, uh, everyone became babuvus, uh, te, they, all of them became tushnim, silent. They all became, so everyone who's surrounding Bhishma became silent. Uh, and then this beautiful uh, image is given, analogy, vayang siva, like birds, vayang si, birds, dina atyaye, with, literally with the passing of day. Just as at the, with, with the passing of the day, birds become silent. So uh, all of them became silent. So wh- why? What's going on? Because if you look at the first line of this verse, agyaya, which means knowing or recognizing uh, that bhishma, bhishma, the words, two words, sampadyamanam refers to bhishma. So recognizing bhishma, uh Sampadyamanam was entering, was entering, Prabhupada says having merged into uh some Sampadyamanam uh because pad means to go in Sanskrit, pad. Here we just have the uh accusative uh, uh singular masculine present participle. Anyway, pad means to go. And some, you know, from Sankirtan means together, like Sankirtan, together Kirtan. So, um, so Sampad means to join something. So Prabhupada says, have emerged into, uh, it's, it, in the sense of simply joining something, connecting something. And manam just means, it's like ing in English, like doing that. So Sampadyamana Magyaya recognizing that Bhishma was in the process because Sampadyamana is a, uh, it's a present participle mean, it's an ongoing action, something which is actually taking place in this sentence. So knowing, recognizing that Bhishma was entering, fully entering into Brahmani, into Brahman, Nishkale, uh, undivided Brahman, <clears throat> Nishkala. Kala means a part, so partless, having no parts. Uh, Prabhupada says unlimited, literally undivided. <laughs> so recognizing that Sarve, all of them, Sarve Te, all of them, Bhubhubhus, became Tushnim silent, Bayang Siva Dinatye, just like the birds at the passing of day. So <clears throat> Brahman is, I mean, this is the Abeda. There's Beda, Abeda, difference and non-difference in our relationship with God. Here's the non-difference because there is one reality, just like the famous Vedic aphorism, uh, Sarvam Kalvidam Brahma. Indeed, all of this, meaning all of this world, uh, Sarvam Kalvidam Brahma is Brahman. So Bhishma entered this undivided Brahman. Uh, I'll just, in the Sanskrit dictionary here, I'll just give you very quickly the word nishkala. Uh, without parts, undivided. 
So obviously we are individual souls and Krishna is the supreme individual soul. At the same time, there is a oneness. The individuality is real and the oneness is real. The oneness is also real. So even in the material mode of goodness, as Krishna describes in the Bhagavad Gita 1820, uh, Krishna uh, that uh, even though you see the differences, different people, different shapes, colors, all kinds of differences in this world, still uh, there is an underlying spiritual reality. So when you see that spiritual reality, not just the coverings, which so much variety, but you actually see the ultimate spiritual reality, it is undivided, even though there's individuality, there is variety in the spiritual, on the spiritual platform, there are different colors, different people, different emotions, all kinds of different things, and yet somehow it is all one, and therefore there's perfect unity, perfect serenity, uh, complete freedom from conflict, complete freedom from anxiety, because anxiety arises when we have the sense of something may happen or something may exist, which is not actually going to make me happy, which is not good for me. So there's the idea of here I am with my self-interest, but there's something outside of me which threatens my self-interest or the self-interest of people I care about. And so all this anxiety in the material world. In fact, the Bhagavatam says, Bhayan viti abhini that fear, vaya, arises when we believe that there is a second thing, you know, like first, second, third. When we believe there's a second thing, that's the source of all our anxiety and fear. Meaning there's only one thing, which is Krishna and his expansions, like the sun and the sun rays. So we are expansions of Krishna. We are qualitatively one with Krishna, but quantitatively different, just as the sun rays are quantitatively different from the sun. So again, uh, coming back to this verse, it is language which the impersonalists will translate impersonally, but that is only tenable if we completely ignore the context, which is Abhishma is absorbing himself in Krishna mentally with love. His mind is fixed in Krishna with love. He's, he loves Krishna. He admires Krishna. He worships Krishna. He's not worshiping himself. He's worshiping Krishna. So, uh, we'll go to the next verse now. <clears throat> then the dundubi sounded. That's a, a type of like a kettle drum, like those big drums in orchestras. And actually, they are used at funeral ceremonies. There's uh, uh, Henry Purcell, uh, considered the greatest English composer. Of course, that's the Baroque period, the greatest English composer of the 1600s. He was sort of almost at the end of the 1600s, uh, died very young. But Henry Purcell wrote the uh, funeral music for the Queen of England. And it, it, the, the, these kettle drums, these very deep orchestral drums, feature prominently in that. So in India, as in Europe, these big, deep drums were used for funeral marches and they're sounding here. So it's not like, you know, not like some, uh, you know, really rocking uh, Indian music concert. This is a funeral occasion. And so you have these deep, somber drums sounding. 
So Tatra Dundubiyor Nidur Deva Manavavani. Of course, they're also celebrating because they know the Bhisma is being liberated. And so the, the demigods, the devas and human beings, deva manava varita, sounded by the devas and manavas. Tatra, so tatra, and dundubi, I've always thought, is an onomatopoeic word. In other words, it's a word that sort of expresses, uh, the sound itself expresses uh, what the word means. So if you think of a drum going dundubi, 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 so that's, it's a dundubi. So, Shishansu Sadhu Ragyam, the, the sadhus, the saintly persons among the kings, praised, glorified Bhishma, and caught from the sky, Petuk fell, Pushpa Vrishtaya, showers of flowers. Vrishti means shower. So, Pushpa Vrishtaya, showers of flowers fell from the sky, and the, uh, Saintly among the kings, the sadhus among the kings praised Bhishma. So in a sense, you can tell the quality of your life by how wise people respond to you. So then, uh, text 46, Tasya Nir Haranadini, Sampare Tasya Bhargava, Yudhishthira so uh, then Yudhisthira, who's the subject of the sense, Yudhisthira, Karayitwa, had done. He didn't do it himself. He had it done. This is the causative. Uh, anyway, Yudhisthira, Karayitwa, having done uh Tasya, his, that means for Bhishma, Tasya, the first word, his, near Harana Adini, uh, funeral arrangements. Near Harana literally means the taking out, the taking away. So, which here means the, um, the funeral ceremony, Prabhupada says, and Adini means, uh, etc. So, the taking out the body to the funeral pyre and all the, because there's, you know, obviously many rituals. It's, it's one of the most important rites of passage and many in all cultures, prayers are recited and there are different ceremonies. So near Harana Adini, so the taking away of the body, presumably the funeral pyre of Bhishma and all the different ceremonies and Tasya, it means of him, of Bhishma, Sampare Tasya, who had passed away, literally. Uh, para means uh, beyond, Ita means gone, Itasya, here, of the one who had gone. So, and Tam, fully. So, Sampara Ita literally means of one who had fully gone, beyond, or fully passed away. In other words, it's not that, okay, I'll be gone for three weeks, but this is the final passing, Sampareta. So, so Tasya Sampareta, of him who had passed away, Bhargava, O Bhargava, a Yudhisthira, Karayitwa, arranging for or having done uh, the taking away of the body and all the other ceremonies, uh, Muhurtam, for a moment, Dukito, unhappy, 
uh, or sorry, Prabhupada says, Abhavad, he became, he became unhappy for a moment. So after all the preaching, after everything, Yudhisthira is again, for a moment, unhappy. So, Dushtuvur Muniyakrishtaha, but it's, that happens so often that it's not really talked about here. And then Muniha, the Munis, Krishna, delighted. Prabhupada says, all in a happy mood. Tustuvur Krishnam. Uh, they praised Krishna. Uh, this word actually means praised. Uh, so Tustu, which as Prabhupada translates it in his translation, all the great sages and glorified Lord see Krishna. So Tustuvur Munio Krishna. So the sages delighted, praised Krishna. Tadguhyanama V with his confidential names. Because as we know, the names of Krishna usually describe his activities or his qualities. And this is confidential knowledge. So just as uh, intimate knowledge of Krishna is confidential, so the names that describe all that are also confidential. So Tadguhyanama B, they praise Krishna with his confidential names. Tatas, uh, then, Te, they, Krishna Hridayaha, having Krishna in their hearts. Then they, with Krishna in their hearts, swa ashraman, to their own ashrams, swa ashraman, prayu, they departed punaha once more. So very simple, a beautiful descriptive verse, tu stuvur munio hrishta, krishnam tanguhyanama vi, tataste krishna hridya, swa ashraman, prayu, punaha. So, tato yudhisthiro gatwa, Saha Krishna Gajahoyam. So, Tato, then, thereupon, Yudhisthira, Gatwa, going, Saha Krishna, with Krishna, Gajahoyam, to Hastinapura. Uh, Hasti means an elephant. Actually, uh, Hasta means a hand. I'll, I'll explain where you get these names. Hasta means a hand. And uh, an elephant's trunk is considered to be its hand because obviously if an elephant wants to grab something it doesn't do it with its big thick foot <laughs> you know it, it elephants use their trunk as their hand so an elephant is called husty which means w- one who has a hand husty and hastina means with elephant and puram of course a city so hastina puram the city with elephant because elephants, you know, they, they're expensive. Just to feed them, you have to have a lot of resources. So just as nowadays, if someone drives some very expensive car, that's sort of a status symbol. So to have elephants shows that you have a lot of wealth. And there's a, so a, the city that had all these elephants is called Hastina Puram. And then Gaja also means elephant. Uh, here, the word used Gajahoyam and Ahoyam means called or calling something. So the city which is named after the elephants, literally. Gaja Ahoyam, city named after elephants. So it's it's, it's a synonym for us in Apuram. So Tato Yudhisthiro Gatwa Sahakrishno Gajahoyam. So Yudhisthiro then going to Gajahoya, Hastinapur with Krishna. Pitarang Santuyamasa and pacifying his father, his uncle really, but stood in the place of the father, did a very bad job of it, Dhritarashtra, but still, Yudhisthira was very forgiving. So Pitarang Santuyamasa, 
pacifying his father, Gandharincha, and Gandhari, the Tapaswini, uh, the ascetic. Gandhari was an ascetic. And um, uh, this is not a complete sentence in Sanskrit. It's a uh, dependent clause, which means that this and the next verse together are actually one Sanskrit sentence. So let's go to the next verse. So having done all that, having gone to Gajahoya with Krishna and having pacified his surrogate father and the ascetic Gandhari, having done all that, Then he did something. So that was the dependent clause, if you know grammar. And now we have independent clause, which means it stands alone because it's a complete sentence. So Pitra, by his father, and there was by his surrogate father, Atriyarastra, by the father, Chanucha, Anumata, being permitted uh, by his father, his uh, uncle really, Raja, the king, permitted by his uncle father, Vasudeva Anumoditaha and sort of enthusiast and, and being celebrated by Vasudeva Anumoditaha. Uh, I'll, I'll explain what Anumodita means because Kriyarastra, it's interesting because Dhritarashtra merely gave permission, which, which I mean, he couldn't not give permission. It was just a ceremonial duty he had to say, yes, you have my blessings to be the king now, and now you've killed all my sons. Were actually scoundrels. So, so Dhritarashtra, understandably depressed here, just gives this permission. Whereas uh, Krishna is Anumodita, which means pleased, delighted, applauded. So, so Yudhisthira was applauded by Krishna, cheered on, like, yes, that's great. Go rule your kingdom. So, I congratulate you. So, Krishna here is much more enthusiastic. You just, Dhritarashtra is just kind of polite and dutiful. So then Yudhisthira, and finally now here's the uh, regular verb, Chikara. He did, he made, Raja, literally, he made the kingdom or he did the kingdom. In English, we would say rule the kingdom. In Sanskrit, you make the kingdom or you do the kingdom. So he did the kingdom, literally. Uh, Dharmena, with Dharma, he did the kingdom which belonged to his father, his real father, interestingly enough. Because Peter Paitamaham, Paitamaham just means belonging to the Pitamaha, grandfathers. So uh, it's interesting, in English we say grandfather, in Sanskrit they say father grand. Or Matamaha, mother grand, instead of grandmother. So Pita, father, Maha, grand, like from Maha. So the grandfather, then from the grandfather, Paitamaham. In this case, it means that Vibhu, Yudhisthira, now being the, you know, mighty, being powerful, he did the kingdom of his father and grandfathers, his ancestors, his forebears. So you can send the question, oh, questions, let's see, maybe see if we have time to do one more. No. That is the end of the chapter. So, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll all, we will all be here uh, next Sunday. And uh, we'll all be here next Sunday. And um, we will begin chapter 10.
Bhagavatam chapter, I'm sorry, first canto, yes, chapter 10, I was right. First canto, chapter 10, the Bhagavatam, departure of Lord Krishna for Dwarka. So now let's see uh, if there are any questions. Uh, let's see. Thank you for all your comments. I actually appreciate them. I don't read all of them, but I do appreciate them. Uh, let's see. Like there's a way to no, there's not a way to scroll. Um, let's see. It's at the bottom. I've got to go back to the top. I should get paid extra for this. Um, okay, now I can scroll. Let's see. Hey, Krishna Kudina, my cousin is watching, my dear cousin, pal. I have a cousin who's a devotee. Uh, let's see. Thank you for all your greetings from different parts of the world. It's amazing with the Internet that we can, here we are in so many different countries, and we can all be together like this. Having spent most of my life without the Internet, it still kind of amazes me. Uh, one question from April. Are the confidential names of Krishna special names that only those in intimate relationship with Krishna, I guess, uh, no. Um, Krishna himself, knowledge of Krishna himself is intimate knowledge. To know that, first of all, to know that God is a person. A lot of people don't know that. To know that God actually has a personal form, a spiritual body. And because most people are kind of into the majestic God, the Almighty, that's Vishnu. I mean, Krishna is Almighty, but that's not what his pastimes emphasize. Vishnu is the Almighty God, all powerful, the Supreme Judge, and everything. So people who are into that concept, of God, which is true, but not the most intimate understanding, uh, they tend to worship Vishnu or Narayan, or in other traditions, they worship God with other names. And so Krishna's, Krishna is a confidential name because most people don't understand that ultimately God is playful, is eternally very youthful, that we can have an intimate relationship with him. This is not, most people don't know this. And so therefore, this knowledge is confidential. Krishna doesn't want it to be confidential. He only wants it to be confidential after the fact. The fact being that most people, if they heard this, would not respect Krishna's real identity. They might commit offenses or just, you know, be uh, skeptical. And so therefore, to protect these people from offenses and to protect his devotees from having to listen to a bunch of nonsense from these people, uh, Krishna keeps this confidential. So it's it sort of, it, it's kept confidential just because Krishna in the heart does not reveal himself to people who are not really qualified. And therefore, it ends up being confidential. It would not be Krishna's first choice. Krishna's first choice obviously would be that everybody recognize him for their own good, surrender, love him, so that they could have the highest possible happiness. 
not happening at the present time. Therefore, the next best thing is keep it confidential. So in that sense, uh, Chris's names are confidential. Oh, April actually put in the word no. She realized the word was missing, put it in herself, so bravo. Uh, let's see. I was scrolling before, but now, oh, I'm reached. I've hit bottom. That's why I can't scroll. Um, one more question from Krishna West. Could you speak a little about forgiveness, please? Uh, well, since you said please. Yudhisthira showed great kindness and forgiveness by consoling Drita Rostra even after uh, all he had put the Pandavas through. Maybe it's like Mike Pence forgiving Trump. Anyway, um, okay, never mind that analogy. Forget that. Um, yes, Yudhisthira did show great kindness, absolutely. Certainly, um, I mean, Drita Roster really did a lot of bad things. He did a lot of bad things. And uh, usually passively, he was, Drita Roster is kind of like the incarnation of passive aggression. I'm sure you know what that means. So, yeah, that's Drita Roster, Mr. You know, passive aggression. So, um, yeah, so Yudhisthira was extremely kind. Oh, another question from Vedavox. <laughs> you spoke about seeing two things as the cause of fear. Nowadays, we can see how viruses that were there from time immemorial are considered as something that should not be there. Uh, oh, that's a comment or a question. I would say yes and no. On the one hand, yes, certainly. Krishna says, uh, One should always see the uh, the miserable defects, literally, the miserable defects of this world, which are birth, death, old age, and disease. So yes, we should not be surprised. People feel that this particular disease, say COVID is unnatural because of course it is, Unnatural in this sense. If people live decent lives and don't do crazy things, then that kind of virus generally doesn't show up. Uh, it appears, of course, we know the virus came from China, despite all China's somewhat absurd attempts to claim it didn't. And uh, it's been traced to a meat market, which has all kinds of just bizarre forms of meat from our point of view. And um, so in that sense, it shouldn't be there because it comes from really terrible human behavior. But since terrible human behavior is sort of natural in this world, in that sense, we shouldn't be surprised. Okay, uh, thank you all very much. Today I'm going to, shortly I'm going to drive Krishna Welling uh, east on the way to Gainesville, Florida slow drive so i hope we'll uh we'll all be together next sunday all right krishna <laughs>